In today's episode of Bill and Frank's Guilty Pleasures, we are going to talk about Bill's failure at karaoke. We're going to talk about lasers, probably more than we should. And I'm going to desperately try to explain to Frank what the Septuagint is. We are digging into Mr. Mister's Curie, and this is Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. Our good friend Austin, karaoke singer spectacular. Extraordinaire, spectacular. The extraordinaire sounds much better. Yeah. Okay. His birthday was last Thursday, and so he wanted to celebrate by going to a karaoke bar. And so he sent me an invite via text saying, Hey man, I really want to sing karaoke with you. And I'm like, how could I say no? So... I drove down there thinking, well, if I'm going to sing a song, I'm going to sing Kyrie by Mr. Mister, which is the song, of course, we're doing today. Mm-hmm. But as I was driving there and I was getting on the highway in the night to get there, I tried to sing it. I'm like, well, I'm going to try singing it. No one's in the car, so I can just go for it. And then what I found was I didn't have the chops for it. I didn't have the voice and I needed some serious practice. And I got nervous thinking that when I got up on stage, I wouldn't be able to pull it off, even though part of karaoke is not being great, but you got to sing from your guts. And I felt like I didn't even have that going on. Full disclosure, I I think every single time I've done karaoke, I have not pulled it off. Austin pulled it off. Oh, okay. He sang about four or five songs, I think. Of course But then we had like people with like music degrees up there singing Uh, uh, songs. One of them was the lead singer of a band called Street Pharmacy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he did this version of that Sublime song. He nailed it so well. Like, oh, man. And then he did Van Halen. Like, okay, well, Kire, at some point, I'm going to do it. But I I feel bad. I I didn't pull it off. And so, um, I mean, this is going to go with the lyrics, but... I didn't go down the road that I chose to be. So this is your redemption story here. You weren't able to pull off the song, but you can pull off the analysis of the song. That's what we're doing here. This is the second single off the album, right? What's what's the name of that album again? Welcome to the Real World. Yes, yeah. So the the first first single is obviously Broken Wings, mm-hmm. which went to number one. Yeah, did very very well. Yeah, and Mister Mister uh, American band, right? For some reason, I always thought they were British. Yeah, yeah, me too, actually. But yeah, uh, Richard Page is from Alabama as a kid, but I think he was he ended up moving uh, to New Jersey. Oh, okay. on, not to give too much info, but then they're they're an LA band pretty much by this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then most of the songs are written. Well, it's Richard Page does does the music, but most of the lyrics are by John Lang. Yeah, who's not in the band, but he's basically their lyricist. 
And they said he would have been in the band if he could play an instrument. Or sing. Or sing. Yeah. <laughs> but he can write. This is what I love about this band, though, is that they recognized a great lyricist. Yeah. And allowed him in the circle, so to speak. I yeah. think there's three of them. It was mostly John Lang and Richard Page. But there's also Steve George, who was involved in part of it, too. So the three of them would often be making the songs. But John Lang did those lyrics. And he's excellent. Yeah. Excellent lyricist. Yeah. So... Second single off off the album. Yep. First one goes to number one. Second one, number one. Yeah. And they wrote this song while they were on tour with Adam Ant. Now, is he like like a hedonistic guy? I feel like there was some kind of mention of that. It, it's funny. Uh, Adam Ant, because he has one of his big songs is Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. Mm-hmm. Is it Mr. No, or, sorry, Goody Two-Shoes, not Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. We're talking about Mr. Mister. I'm just mistering everything right now. So Goody Two-Shoes is a response song to everyone who thinks that Adam Ant has this crazy life style but it's all about he doesn't drink he doesn't smoke doesn't do drugs or anything i think he just was a bit of a wild character okay all right so it wasn't as crazy as it made it sound no but i but i still think he had a bit of a bonkers lifestyle okay yeah so while while they're on tour they're opening for adam ant so this is this is what their second album yeah it was i mean the first album they were trying to write hits according to richard page and it just didn't work yeah but this one they wrote from the heart let me read you something page said in an interview when things were going so well in the third album they are basically saying you know your songs aren't being played. Do you feel like you're a one-hit wonder? Really kind things to write to somebody who's a artist. To which I would say, two-hit wonder, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Three is this love went to number eight, so they're doing just fine. Yeah, they're doing okay. So Paige said, when they asked about, is rock radio, like classic rock radio, keeping your songs off? I guess that was a thing in the 80s, that classic rock was keeping new songs oh, out. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if that's a problem for us or not. I think when you have good music... Everything eventually comes around. Look, there are artists who write only for the radio and not from what they believe in their hearts. That's not us. So that's what I like about Mr. Mister. It's all heart about them. That's right. And I can appreciate that. I'm all heart. And this song is all heart. Yeah. I love this song. Yeah. But it's a little bit surprising that they wrote a song from the heart that is a science fiction post-apocalyptic song. That's right. Because what is the name of this if you didn't have a copy of the tape? And could see what it was called. Let's carry a laser. Carry a laser. I mean, listen to the chorus. And I know we're going to get into the into the lyrics later, but... Carry a laser down the road I must travel. Carry a laser through the darkness of the night. Carry a laser where I'm going, will you follow? Carry a laser on the highway in the light. Well, I mean, that makes sense. You need a laser in the future. And to fight off those... uh, Hordes of whatever. Yeah. So the carry a laser comment came up at a supermarket. Richard Page was shopping and a kid came up to him and said, hey, you're the guy from Mr. Mr. Yeah. He said, you sing that song, carry a laser. And he said... Yes, I do. I sing the song Carry a Laser. That was, he said, I didn't even bother correcting him. He's like, well, this song means so much to so many different people. And if it means Carry a Laser to him, fine with me. And they came up in that movie, uh, The Way, Way Back. Yes, which is a great movie. They brought that up. He even mentioned that in an interview where he said, oh, it turns out this movie actually took the story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we didn't talk about who's in Mr. Mister, just to make sure we cover our bases. Richard Page, we mentioned this, vocal and bass. You have Steve George, keyboard.
keyboards and backing vocals. And then Pat Mastellato. I hope I'm getting that right. Mastel- not, not Pat Mastriani from The Zit Remedy. Yeah, not from Degrassi High. Oh, okay. Pat Mastellato. He had fantastic 80s hair, if I recall the video correctly. Yeah. And Steve Ferris, who's on guitars. Mm-hmm. So that's the band. And then you got John Lang, who's the lyricist or the often lyricist. Yeah. History of the band. Yeah. We have Richard Page and Steve George forming a band called Pages, which was like a jazz fusion thing. Yeah. They released three albums, didn't really do so well. And then they end up forming Mr. Mr. And the first album also doesn't do very well. So they're kind of feeling like this isn't coming together. A bit floundering, right? Yeah. But they're making money. In other places, because they're working with like Michael Jackson and other like players okay. in LA, like session writing songs. So okay. they actually were doing fine, but they wanted to make it as a band. Yeah. And so, Welcome to the Real World was their real shot because they ended up writing the material while they're touring with Adam Ant. Yes. And they ended up just writing from the heart this time. Yeah. So you have Broken Wings as the first single. Yes. And then after that hit number one in some like December, then this was the next single. And it was released around December, wasn't it? Yeah. And then it starts moving up and by March, it hits number one. Yeah. And they're touring with Tina Turner at the time. It's kind of funny. You think about these bands when you see their videos, it's like, oh, they're already huge. It's like, no, they're opening for someone and they had to borrow Tina Turner's lights. Oh, seriously? Oh, Yeah. (laughs) There's some struggles there, but they're doing very well. Mm -hmm. And while they're doing so well... There was this, there was two offers given to Richard Page to join two other bands. Oh, really? They weren't like official, but they're kind of like, hey, we're friends. Are you interested in being the new lead vocalist for Toto? Oh, that wow. That was one of them. Okay. Number two was, hey, Peter Cetera just left the band. You interested in joining Chicago? Chicago. Oh, And he wow. said no to both. Okay. Want to do his own thing. Oh, good for him. Yeah, I think so too. I think it would have done okay in Chicago though. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because you have Mr. Mr. has this album, and then the next album doesn't get pushed by the record company, and mm-hmm. then you just kind of disappear. Yeah. It's tough for rock, I think, anyways. And Chicago gets one more album. I mean, their legacy act now. Yeah. Toto as well. After their album, uh, the I think Toto 4, yeah. it, the law decreasing returns hit them hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so... Either, no matter what choice he made, he would have ended up either in a legacy Probably band. in the same spot. Yeah, so at least he can do his own thing. Yeah, good for him. And no matter what happened with Mr. Mister, they have this, and these are genuine good songs. Yes, absolutely. Let's talk about this song. They're writing this, and Richard Page comes up with a do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. That's the part he kind of brings to the table. And then they're working through, I think, the chorus. He had the idea for the chorus, too. And John Lang said, all right, here's the lyrics I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> he said, what? There's that urban legend that's going around that Richard Page wrote the song while he was recovering after being assaulted in the hospital. And then John Lang's like, no, I was assaulted and was in the hospital, but that was three years before we even wrote the song. So yeah, part of this is true in the sense that one of us was recovering in the hospital after being assaulted, 
but we didn't write the song when when that was happening. Yeah, and John Lang was very specific. He said, listen, I was the one who got beat up, and I also am the one who wrote the lyrics, yeah. so I could tell you, I don't think this is about me getting beat up. or I mean, it's a bad assault, from what I gather. Yeah. Like the, some of the things I read, you know, when they don't say what happened, where you realize it was it was bad. Yeah. I mean, I think it's getting conflated with the Peter Cetera assault story, where he got knocked out at the Dodgers game. Yeah. And then he gained the superpower of his voice because he couldn't open his mouth for her. So that's long. right. Yeah. yeah. Do you think maybe that's why Richard Page was asked to sing for Chicago? Because they thought that he was assaulted? There's no accidents in this universe. And this is the this is the thing about the song, too, because you look at it and in popular culture nowadays, like you read it as Kyrie. Because there's yeah, people named Kyrie that same spelling and everything, but the way that they sing it is Kyrie. Right. And Kyrie Eleison is in the chorus, is Greek, and it's not Kyrie Eleison. I always thought that this was a song about a, like a post-apocalyptic wasteland. It's a sci-fi song about lasers. It has nothing to do with lasers. No. But I think Richard Page would have preferred it to be about lasers when initially John Lang said, I want the chorus to be Kyrie Eleison. And he said, no, I don't want to be seen as a Christian band. Like, it's going to be the kiss of death, he was saying. And interestingly, like, backstory, Richard Page's dad was a choir director. So yes, he kind of graduated right, yeah. seminary or something. And was a, and his mother, I think, also worked at this church. And they were in, I don't know, it was the Methodist church or something, but in New Jersey. I think mm-hmm. it might have been Newark, New Jersey. He sang in the choir with his other four siblings and everything. But his experience at church wasn't as positive. He talked about it being okay, but that there's a lot of BS about the politics, he said, of church. Yeah. But John Lang, on the other hand, had a much better experience from church, from what I read. Yeah, he went to an Episcopal church. Yeah, which is, I guess, Anglican. Anglican. He had a good experience in that church, and so the Anglicans would sing the Kyrie eleison is a common thing, but that's an it's an old thing that was you'd hear it in Roman Catholic, but more yeah. importantly, you'd hear it in, in Greek, Greek Orthodox. Orthodox. Yeah. And so, a little bit of history here. Well, I was researching this while I was lying down with with uh, Elijah because he wasn't falling asleep about forty minutes ago when you came here for the <laughs> recording, and I couldn't get downstairs. Like it's okay. an hour and forty minutes ago, oh, but my go goodness, on. yeah, that's right. So I started looking at my phone while he. I thought he was asleep. I couldn't tell. And so the history of Kyrie Eleison is it's an ancient saying. I thought, oh, it's from the early church two thousand years ago, but it's actually from the Greek Septuagint text of the Old Testament, where parts of Psalms will have, Lord have mercy, and it's Kyrie eleison, which is the Greek. And so that's where it's coming out of. And there's all these different parts of the Bible where it becomes something people say to Jesus, and then it becomes this prayer where it's, have mercy on me, a sinner is the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the prayer they sing in church, but now they've taken this prayer and put it into this rock song about, you know, going down the road, right? And carrying on and and wondering if you're going to be, well, I guess we're going to work through this. Yeah. I shouldn't jump too far ahead. I'm nodding my head, but you lost me a long time ago. So they want to hear about the Septuagint? <laughs> Do you want to hear more? I don't even know if those are words. I think you're just making sounds. And you get mad when I say resemble. I love that this is some ancient phrase that ends up in an 80s rock pop it, song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
there's an article by Tom Brehan, Stereo Gum, and he talks about um, sort of Christian influences in rock music, particularly in the 80s. And you have U2 that has like sort of subtle and not so subtle Christian influences and everything. You really didn't have that crossover in the pop culture, in the mainstream uh, media or anything like that. And the closest thing would have been just shortly after this, when Amy Grant jumped from Christian rock to pop rock. It's interesting. This song didn't seem, it never seemed to be talked about as a Christian song to me, whereas Amy yeah. Grant was so obviously this artist jumping over. Yeah, yeah. Well, this song's a little bit more ambiguous. Yeah. It's all-encompassing. Yeah. It, it casts a wide net. It can, yeah, and I like that. I like that theologically. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I like the song better when it was about lasers. <laughs> okay. Well, let's work our way through the lyrics okay. and see if we can win you back over. So that opening with a, what is that sound? Where do they get that sound? Did I get that right? I think that's exactly it. I'm surprised you didn't do this at karaoke after all. Well, amazingly, there's a whole bunch of raccoons at the window because they thought I just called them. But, uh, <laughs> that's got to be some sort of synthy thing. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. And you have Richard Page kind of calling out the Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. And then he goes... Kiri. And then um, I'm not sure if you got the electric guitar kind of hitting as well yeah. while this is going on. Electric guitar and bass, but it sounds very, very similar to the opening of Broken Wings. Right. There's a certainly a style. Yeah, a fe- a, definitely a feel. Yeah. It. And then when he says Kiri the last time, you get the bum, 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 and it just sets up that verse. Now we get to see John Lang's uh, incredible strength as a lyricist. The wind blows hard against this mountainside, across the sea, into my soul. It reaches into where I cannot hide, setting my feet upon the road. The wind blows hard against this mountainside, across the sea, into my soul. So, I don't know if you call it the first verse. Certainly, they put a little break on it on yeah. the music match, whatever I used to get this. The idea of the wind that's blowing, I kind of had some notes around it wondering, you have both, you could think of it in a spiritual sense, that this is the breath of God, or this is just the harshness of life moving against things, and he has to like set himself up to go on this journey, whatever that journey is. And so I think this speaks to everybody who's trying to just push forward in life in whatever way they're thinking. Mm -hmm. But it's not like the Winnie the Pooh story, the blustery day. (laughs) Is that when the angel of death comes by and and he has to slaughter the pig and put the blood up on the door? No, I think that's when he gets stuck into a honeypot. The story's a rather blustery day. Okay. No, I, I need to go back to rather blustery day, but I like the idea of the rather blustery day being done according to the Kyrie Eleison song. 
So the verse continues, or second verse, depending on how this is understood. This is where things get really interesting to me, lyrically. My heart is old, it holds my memories. Now, he's saying this as someone who's maybe in his late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. But he's always saying, my heart is old. My body burns a gem like flame. So, the flame coming out of him is like a gem. Somewhere between the soul and soft machine is where I find myself again. And I have besides soft machine, question mark, what is he talking about? Frank, (laughs) what is that soft machine? I'm thinking it's some sort of uh, industrial uh, contraption made out of pillows. So if you're thinking of the movie Cobra that came out around the same time as Stallone, when that cult was in that industrial place hitting their axes together, they'd be hitting pillows together. No, but that's not a machine. Those are just instruments. Okay. Talking like gears made out of pillows. and. Oh, okay. I see. Soft machine. If I look at that, you have this idea of someone young but already having an old heart with all these memories. I mean, whatever John Lang's meaning here, I think this this notion of an old heart uh, suits us. We like to think of ourselves as old souls. Yeah, I'm a cankerous old man. So. Yeah, when we were in our 20s when uh, we felt like uh, we were already in our 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And then... The idea that his body's burning a gem-like flame. I like that notion of he's got something that needs to come out, but that there's something beautiful inside that needs to somehow come out there. But then you have your soul and the soft machine. It does feel like in the song, you have that sound, that machine-like sound at the beginning, where I feel like you could have a theme of your own soul wants to be set free, but you also have the machines around you and the 80s has definitely filled machinery and industrial space, and he's trying to find what's real, who he is. What do you think of that, Frank? Well, I was just thinking about the soft machine uh, lyric again and what that means. And I immediately, I'm going to give up on my pillow machine, and I'm going to pivot directly to a soft serve ice cream machine. <sighs> This is what I'm thinking about right now. The very 80s. Yes. Do you want to know what the Septuagint says for soft machine? No, but I want to. I want some <laughs> ice cream right now. Yeah. Yeah, me too. If I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't lactose intolerant then. Yeah. But I am now. Yeah. So that memory. <laughs> that's uh, not a gem-like flame that's coming out of you after eating your ice cream. <laughs> okay. And then we hit the chorus, even though we never really figured out this verse. I do like the term soft machine. Yeah. It it has that sort of, there's a contradiction about it. That's right. And so that makes you call out, Lord have mercy. Kyrie a liaison down the road that I must travel. Carry that laser down that road. And I keep saying Kyrie. I, I really apologize to especially our Greek listeners. Yeah. And our theology majors who are dying. Stavros is upset. That's right. Kyrie eleison through the darkness of the night. Kyrie eleison where I'm going. Will you follow? Kyrie eleison on the highway in the night.
what I love is this notion that there is a road he must travel. Yes. So that there is a destiny. And it feels very American. And what I mean is like when we think about America, there's all these people with destinies and pursuits. Yeah. And they have to go for it. And we, we take that in. Manifest every- destiny. Yeah. I think I tried that before and I had the wrong term. Yeah. I? Yeah. It's not fair to say it's only there. We all kind of look at it and cheer it on, too. Mm -hmm. So, in Canada, we have this, too. It's like, I have a destiny. I must follow it. And it's going to come up later in the other verses, but that I must travel this. And so, this came up before. Let's see what you think of this. So, you, too, the Christian band par excellence of the 80s for the secular world. I really wanted to say par excellence. Yeah. They sing, I will follow. But this one is asking, will you follow? I really like that. I really like that turn of phrase where it's, I'm walking this road. Am I walking it alone Mm -hmm. or is someone walking it with me? That's some heavy analysis. Now, if that person who is asking to follow with him, is that person also carrying a laser? Well, if anyone could carry a laser, I think it would be the one he's calling for. Gotcha. All right. Next verse, when I was young. Well, notice this little parallel structure. Yeah. Previous was my heart is old. Mm -hmm. Now he begins with when I was young. Which also says that he's old now. Right. John Lang, I have to say this again, kudos. I really like the writing here. When I was young, I thought of growing old, of what my life would mean to me. Would I have followed down my chosen road or only wished that I could be? When I was young, I thought of There's the road again, right? Yeah. The road you choose, the road you travel, or will you be in regret that you didn't go for it, for your dreams? And then, of course, it hits into the verse, which makes perfect sense now. Kyrie lays on down the road that I must travel. And then the must makes a lot more sense with the chosen road. Yeah. Kyrie through the darkness of the night, and then asking about will you follow and so on. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, powerful stuff. Yeah. But you know what's more powerful? Lasers. I think even more powerful than lasers is- Michael Bolton. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But if it wasn't Michael- Well, here's the question for you, Frank. What's more powerful, Michael Bolton or- Whoa. Whoa. Oh, yeah, that's in the song, isn't it? I know. And as I'm singing this, I'm realizing I wouldn't have pulled this off at karaoke. (laughs) I needed the crowd to be on my side. Now, the crowd were almost all Catholic school teachers. Yeah. But the question is, would they have gone down that road I traveled? Or would they have seen me as a public system teacher and rejected me? I think they would have accepted you. I should have gone for it. You should have gone for it. I feel the woa oh oh is special to the 80s and for a rock song. Yes. 
And this part is totally awesome. I don't even know if it's a bridge. It's a woa woa. Yeah, because it, it doesn't show up in any of the lyrics here. It's just sort of that infill because it goes from that chorus to the outro, which is just repeating the chorus over and over and over again. So the woa woa lets you know that it's time to prepare yourself. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're building up to something. Yeah, and the something that they're building to is the acapella ish yes carrie liaison which yes. is like we're going to acapella but we're gonna let the drums play and that's where it's like oh man and this is the point where when they play this in the concert that everyone's clapping and it's just like that big sort of crowd involvement that happens I also like that I pronounced the Greek part, but I didn't sing any of the English parts. <laughs> that's, that's true. I also feel like this is happening at a time where Christian rock is young. Yeah. I was going to say nascent. Is that a word? Sure. Is, yeah. <laughs> okay. Christian rock is young and it's building up. And I think they see Kyrie and they want this yeah. to be them. And so by the 90s, I think Christian rock finally pulls this off. Yeah, but they've never said specifically that this... Like it, it, oh. it's it's a it's a it's an ambiguous song. It's not it's not an overtly Christian song. There's a lot of different meanings you can take from for it. sure. And I don't think this is a Christian rock song. No, I, and I would argue this is a song that is something that would make sense in the culture where if you're raised in church, you know these words, but you're carrying on in your life in various ways, and so we carry these words with us too. Yeah. And these hopes and all these things that go with it, but definitely not. This is not a Christian rock song. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's a good point. You carry these hopes and these lasers around. Exactly. And you be careful when you're carrying a laser. Yeah. You don't want to lose a toe or something. <laughs> And so the rest of the song is the chorus repeated. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you have some great backing vocals. Yes. Oh, man. That acapella part is just like, it's so emotional. It is. It's just this wave of sort of like, you get goosebumps just listening to it. And you have like, it repeats because it's the best part of the song. And I love in the 80s when you have... The lead singer also doing backing vocals. Yes. Maybe it's because I love Genesis and Phil Collins so much that you get this. It's like, forget paying for a backing vocalist. Yeah. I'll back I'll vocalist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can back myself up. But I love because he's asking, will you follow? And they keep going back and forth. And they have a single version and the album version. The album version has a fade out. Yes. I couldn't find a lot of differences, but the single version ends with the Kyrie liaison kind of like acapella again yeah. and just stops, Yeah, which is great. And it stops, and that's obviously the version that they use for the video, and the video stops with everybody's favorite 80s trope for music videos is the freeze frame. Oh, yeah. I, in my head, he gave the, the double guns, but I don't yeah. think he did, but he did in my Double head. laser guns. <laughs> double laser guns, Yes. You could throw Carrie Laser in, and I think it would just still work. I think, yeah, absolutely. This is what makes it a sci-fi post-apocalyptic song. Carry a laser down the road that I must travel. So you have to go down this road. You know it's dangerous. Yeah. That's why you're carrying a laser. 
This is your sort of Obi-Wan Kenobi story. Yeah. Carry a laser through the darkness of the night. Again, it's dangerous. So you need a laser. And the laser should give you some light, but also alert all the bad guys. Exactly. Pretty easy to find you. You know, you need protection. I suppose if you asked God to follow you on the road, that'd probably protect you even better than a laser. But we're splitting hairs with a laser. Did you see the music video? Yes. And it's the travelogue music video. Yeah, so it's the stage footage and then them hanging around on a beach. Yeah. Did you hear the story about what happened when they shot the video? No. So they shoot the video and the guy who directs the video has never directed a music video in the States before. So he's like shooting all this footage. They put it all together and it's ready to go out. And they're asking well, did you get the release from the random people that you shot in this video? Did you get their release saying that they consent to being in this video? He's just like, the director is from England. So it's like, no, in England, we don't have to do that. It's like, in the States, you do. So they had to go back and find these the old dudes that they were interacting with on, on the beach, on the boardwalk or whatever it was. They had to go back and find them and get them to sign a release so that they could be in the video. This is after it's shot and ready, edited and ready to go out. Oh, that's crazy. But the old dudes are were regulars on, on the beach and the boardwalk, so they were pretty easy to find. They were like, yeah, okay, we'll sign this. And that's how they ended up in the video. Oh, good. Well, I mean, the neat thing of the video is you get to see the band. And the band is this interesting mix of guys. Yes. Where you have the one guy who looks like an 80s rocker, and not quite Flock of Seagulls, but maybe a little more Duran Duran. I think that's the drummer. Yeah. So every once in a while you see him, it's like, okay, this guy definitely has an LA hairstylist. Yeah. But when you see Richard Page, is like, you got more of a Huey Lewis, PGA dad rock thing going <laughs> on. That's all I could think of. But there's also this sort of kind, gentle spirit you can see in him just in how he interacts with the crowd and the way he carries himself. Yeah. Carries himself and his lasers. <laughs> exactly. I know. I just found myself saying Curie. I'm like, oh, yeah. I just set myself up. Before we head into categories, I should mention that my sister was the one who recommended this song. Yeah. So I actually went to Marianne's house to watch WrestleMania uh, <laughs> last night. <laughs> Last night and Saturday night? Yeah, I did a double night at WrestleMania. Oh, nice. Yeah. We'll save it for the WrestleMania podcast, how I feel about everything I saw. Yeah. But she kindly agreed to do an interview on why she recommended the song and what it meant to her. Yeah, why it's important to her. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, Marianne. Thank you, Bill. It's pretty exciting. We are now featuring... Both of my siblings, we had Dave on for the Heart Podcast, and now we have you on for our Curie Podcast. Very excited. Love this song. So I'm so excited you're finally doing it. That's right. And you recommended this song. I did. I did. So I got a question for you. Why do you love this song? Well, there's a few reasons I love this song, but uh, mainly I love this song um, because when I found 
when I was a young teacher, I remember driving home and hearing this song come on the radio. And I recalled it from my childhood. And I remember thinking, oh, it's that song about Carrie. It's Carrie. I thought it was about a girl named Carrie something. It was just another one of those 1980s love songs. So hearing it again, I just thought to myself, now that I was living in an age where I didn't need to buy the cassette and take the insert out and look at the lyrics, I could actually Google what the words were. So I remember getting home and researching it and much to my surprise, um, seeing two words that I'd never seen before. And instead of being a girl named Carrie and her last name, it was two words that said Kiri Ilazan. And of course, then that led me to research, what are these two words? What does that mean? And when I researched it, I found out it was a Greek translation of Lord have mercy. And then I thought about the catchy chorus that we had all been singing years ago. Of course, we would leave out the proper words. But what everyone was really singing along to was basically a prayer. And most people, I think, had no idea what they were singing. So the chorus was saying, Lord, have mercy down the road that I must travel. Lord, have mercy through the darkness of the night. Lord, have mercy where I'm going. Will you follow? Lord, have mercy through the darkness of the night. And I just love that, that this wasn't just another 1980s love song, some guy pining over a girl, but was a prayer of someone asking God to follow them and guide them. And I really felt like if I had somewhat of a theme song of sorts for my life, that this would really be a perfect song to sum up my life, where I've always hoped that God would be beside me and show me mercy and grace as I navigate life, even through some sad times, maybe times where I wasn't going where God really wanted me to go. Um, he remembered that I'd asked him to follow and be with me. And I felt like even in the darkness of the night, that there were times when I wasn't happy with God and I tried to ignore him, but he remembered and he was faithful and he's followed me throughout my life. So, I mean, to Marianne, like, and we mentioned previously that it's, it's a bit of an ambiguous song. It casts a wide net, but it's a song about a journey, but not the band journey. It's a song about journeying. That's right. Which, I mean, I don't know. I'd write a song about Steve Perry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to track with you, but now you got me all confused. That's good. <laughs> Just follow me on my journey. Yeah. Either way, there's something about being on a journey and being uncertain about what your direction is and also carrying all the sort of burdens and being able to call out for help or mercy yeah. Because you're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I like that idea that you could go out and you can make mistakes on your journey, but will you still follow me, right? That kind of call, will I be alone in this or will I be guided? I got to say, on the Way, Way Back soundtrack, which I remember getting from the library, it had Kire on it. I hadn't heard it in like since I was a kid. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is the best song. Then I read about the soundtrack and the director was saying, we purposely picked Kire because Steve Carell's character seems like the type of jerk 
who would still be into these sort of crappy 80s songs. Oh. It was like, oh, oh, that's not it. Don't make fun of that song. That it's song not is a awesome. crappy 80s song. It's, it's a an great, awesome yeah. 80s song. It's a great song. Yeah. So I still like the Way Way Back. I don't like how they made fun of I don't like the, the director's uh, opinion of the song. And I don't like Steve Carell's character in that. Oh, no. he's Oh, he's terrible in that. Great acting, though. Sam Rockwell is fantastic in that yeah. movie as yeah. as the sort of the mentor to the to the kid. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. great movie! Oh, so good. All right, category time. Yeah, and we must talk about this. Michael Bolton could certainly sing this song. Yes, I actually should still sing this yes. song for his Christian album. <laughs> for his Christian album. Oh, I I will pay money for that. That oh yeah, I will okay. buy that CD. Do you have a mixtape? Yeah, but I had to change it on the fly because initially it was all about lasers. But there's not any songs that talk about lasers too terribly much. No, that's a tough one. Yeah. You got a lot of Pink Floyd songs then? Yeah. <laughs> so, Kyrie Eleison is used in churches as a prayer. Mm-hmm. My mixtape is all songs about praying. Okay. Which starts with Pray by MC Hammer. Because you just got to pray to make it today. Oh, yeah, we pray. Yes. <laughs> prayer for the Dying by Seal. Nice. Save a Prayer, Duran Duran. Very good. I Say a Little Prayer, Aretha Franklin. Okay. And then we close it off with Living on a Prayer by Bovine Joni. <laughs> that song has been requested repeatedly for us. We might have to do that. We might have to do it. Yeah. Okay, so... Similarly, I thought about this, but I went with songs that could be understood to be Christian or spiritual songs from the 80s, but aren't necessarily spiritual songs. I have St. Elmo's Fire, John Parr, Man in Motion. Yes. Because St. Elmo is a saint, so that's something. I have Higher Love, Steve Winwood. Okay. Okay. Show Me the Way Sticks. Oh, such a good song. Yeah. I love Sur- that song. Surprisingly, so much. from the early 90s, but yes. it sounds like it's from the late 70s. I know. In Your Eyes, Peter Gabriel. Oh, yes. And ending with a song I've put on about eight mixtapes <laughs> Mary's Prayer, Danny Wilson, okay. which is. Uh, a song that meant a lot to me as a kid, and I had no idea what they're talking about. I still barely know what he's saying, but he's praying to Mother Mary. Yeah. So there you go. These are songs that could end up on a uh, on a church mixtape if someone wasn't listening closely enough. Yeah. <laughs> a confused church mixtape. Yeah. We already have a karaoke category, and yeah. I gotta like get the nerve to do this at karaoke. So 2023, I gotta sing this. But I might need to talk to Ashley about getting some vocal rock lessons to be able to hit the notes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to be able to get the crowd to clap with me. Well, if you start clapping, they'll they'll start clapping. Or they might just clap you off the stage. Yeah. All right. Hallmark movie? I think it can work on a couple of different levels for a Hallmark movie. All right. Do you have Pure Flix movie? Yeah. That, so there's the, the Pure Flix, the whole spiritual end of, of things. Or it could work as a Hallmark sci-fi movie about lasers yeah. walking down the road. Right. Oh, it'd be great if they could like 
bring those two movies together yeah. so they could just alienate everybody who'd want to watch it. <laughs> I don't see this being played at a wedding. No. But I feel like I played this after leaving a wedding all alone. <laughs> Not my wedding, of course. As you're going through the darkness of the night. Mm-hmm. So as we prepare ourselves for for Easter coming up and this song gets released during Easter, we just want to thank you for joining us for Mr. Mr.'s Curie. And we want to thank you for following us down the road that we must travel and that you are following us through the darkness of the night. And as we move forward, we just have one question for you. Will you follow? On the highway in the light. This has been Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures.